Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Living stones. Spiritual house. Holy priesthood. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for our living stones, aren't you? I'm thankful for those who are alive in Christ Jesus. I am thankful that he is risen. And he is risen indeed. That's exactly right. And I am thankful for those who lead us and direct us and help us to express the wonder of who our God is. Till we eat again. I'm thankful for those who serve us and who minister to us. And I'm thankful 56 of these folks, Thursday night, how wonderful it was to see living stones. We're talking a little bit about obedience. We are talking about understanding what God has called us to be, and that is holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, you follow along in your copy of the Scriptures, please, as I begin with verse 14 and read down through verse 21. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves in fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He, Christ, was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Be ye holy, verse 15, because he is holy. And how do we do that? We do that as obedient children, not fashioning ourselves to our former passions and our ignorance. Obedience, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. But how do you do that? What does obedience look like? How do we see that evidenced in our lives? We have learned so far that, so far that obedience is the obligation of God's children. And we have a responsibility to be obedient to our God. Obedience is based on God's holiness, not our culture. It's based on who God is, not what we naturally are. Because if we base it on who we naturally are, we lose that passion. Obedience is evidenced in our father-child relationship. Did you know that? notice that in the text? The Scripture tells us, verse 17, and if you call on him as father... Yeah, that's our obedience. And our obedience 
if we try to live it in our flesh, is doomed because of our futile ways. I'm not naturally obedient to my God. But I am so thankful that obedience has been invested because of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Money could not buy our salvation. You know, it's interesting what money can't buy. Money can't buy good health. Money can't buy happiness. And money can't buy our salvation, not silver, not gold, because it was the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Peter continues to tell us about obedience. 1 Peter chapter 1, turn there please. 1 Peter chapter 1. As we understand that obedience ought to be an encouragement to us. Look with me at verse 20, will you please? He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for you sick. Aren't you thankful that you heard about Jesus? Aren't you thankful that one day someone introduced you to the one who shed his precious blood in payment for your sins? Aren't you thankful for the given body and shed blood of the Lord? Isn't that an encouragement to you? And as we are encouraged, we ought to be willing to obey him in every aspect of our lives because of all that he has done for us. He was made known to us. Not everybody has heard the gospel. I am amazed as I talk to people in the community about what I will term as biblical ignorance. People don't know their Bibles anymore. It used to be that people would understand the narrative of the Scripture and would be able to tell you about what the Bible said happened, but not anymore. You know, there are people around us that have never heard that Jesus loves them. They celebrate Santa Claus at Christmas or the Easter bunny instead of the resurrection. I am so encouraged that he was made known to me and that I have the opportunity of making him known to those who are around us. And what does that do? Verse 21, it makes us believers. Believers in God, who through him are believers in God. You know, you can believe in a lot of different things. You might believe what the media tells you. Maybe not. You might believe that government has, is the fix for all of our ills. Maybe not. You might believe that you'll never get sick. Maybe. I don't know what you believe in. But I am so thankful that I am now a believer in God. And not only am I a believer, I have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and He is my Heavenly Father. Amen? That encourage you. Isn't that a great thing? Doesn't that help you understand something about obedience as we recognize that the difference in our lives is now that we are believers in God and that changes everything? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 
that we are to put off the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful us and be renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Do you see what changes in our lives? The old man is put off, the new man is put on. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Why? Because we are now believers in God, and it makes all the difference. We can be obedient because we believed. We call on him as father because we believe. And personally, we recognize his power in our lives because he raised his son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. What kind of God do you believe in? Is he a sovereign, powerful, personal God? We are believers in God. And we've been called to give him glory. We are obedient because it gives God glory in our lives. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all to the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 4 of 1 Peter, we read, In order that in everything God may be glorified. And that is our purpose in life. We've been called to give God glory as we recognize the wonder of who He is. And what does that bring? That brings faith, and that brings hope. Do you see it there in verse 21? Who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Now I want to think a little bit about faith and hope. Faith. We sometimes will use an acrostic, right? F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all I trust him. And that certainly is faith. But I think it's important for us to recognize that faith involves a personal conviction. It's something that we believe, something that we understand, something that we recognize. Hebrews tells us now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And in our lives, we need to have that conviction that faith that God is in control and that we can trust him with everything. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Do you believe that there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape? Do you believe that this morning? Is that your conviction But coupled with conviction is also surrender and obedience. Samuel, will you join me on the platform, please? Aaron, will you help me, please? I didn't talk to you earlier, but will you help me, please? We're going to do a faith test with Samuel. I didn't tell you what this was, did I? All right, Aaron, I need you over here, bud. Right here. Because you and I are going to ask Samuel to trust us to catch him. 
Hmm? Sam, you believe we can do it? He said that with conviction, didn't he? Huh? Now, the question is, will he let us? All right, Aaron. We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna catch him. All right, Samuel, all you got to do is fall. Huh? Pretty good, huh? Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Samuel. You, you see what happened in faith? He actually did something with it. The reality in our lives is we say we have a lot of faith. We talk a lot about faith. But how much evidence of our faith do we really show to those who are around us? When was the last time you had to trust God with anything? You know what we do? We trust God with things that are out of our control. I'm sick and I can't heal myself, so I ask God to help me. And many times we treat God just like a spare tire. How many of you drove to Calvary Baptist Church this morning or came in a car? I think most of you did. How many of those automobiles that you came in have spare tires? How many of you, before you pulled out of the garage or out of your driveway, checked your spare tire? You didn't? You know, it's an important thing. If you'd have driven and had a flat, you'd expected it to be there and pumped up and ready to go, right? That's how we treat God a lot of times. We treat God just like our spare tire. We get a flat in our lives. And so we open up the trunk, and we jerk it out, and we throw it on, and we drive down the road going our merry way until we get to a place where we can get it fixed. And then we take the spare off, and we throw it back in the trunk, and we expect it to be ready the next time we need it, right? What kind of faith is that? Is that obedient faith? We are talking about qualities of obedience. And we are talking about faith that not only has conviction, but faith that has obedience. Surrender to it. What can't? It's negative. What can't you trust God with in your life? I trust that the answer to that is nothing. We can trust God with everything. Here's the question. What do we trust God with in our lives? Is the answer everything? Faith. Let's talk a little bit about hope. Hope is great confidence, right? I am so thankful that my hope is a no-so hope, not a just hope-so hope. Because I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I know that Jesus is coming again. And I know when I absent my body, I am going to be present with my Lord. And I know that my God... 
has all things under control because he is a sovereign, holy God. That's my confidence in him. But along with that confidence, I also need to have obedience. I need to have courage to live out that hope. Now, that doesn't mean I'm stepping in front of moving cars. But what it does mean is that I have the assurance that no matter what's going on in my life, I can trust God and all I have to do is obey. We sing it, don't we? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be what? Happy in Jesus, but to trust. We, we sing it. But do we do it? You know, the Bible talks about a good hope. And it is a comfort and that establishes our heart. It talks about a blessed hope at the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It talks about a better hope where there's a new priesthood, where we have a hope that is secure and that supersedes all other things. And here in 1 Peter, if we were to go back to verse 3 of chapter 1, we would find that there is a living hope. Romans chapter 5 puts it this way. And hope does not put us to shame because of God's love, which has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So obedience. Obedience involves the entrance of hope, involves the process of faith, and the confidence that we can have in our God. Amen? So, as obedient children, we read it, not fashioning ourselves according to our former lust and our ignorance, but, verse 15, as he who has called us is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of life, because it's written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, it's good to read it. But many times in our lives, we think about holiness and other impossible dreams. And I recognize how far I fall short of being all that God wants me to be. But I also recognize that God has given to me all things necessary. Second Peter 1. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Do you believe that? So, as obedient children, as he who has called us is holy, so we ought to be holy in all manner of life. It's an obligation of God's children. It's based on his holiness. It's an evidence of our father-child relationship. When we try to do it in ourselves, we're doomed in our futile ways, but he made the investment with the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. It ought to encourage us. Because he was made known, and now are we believers, believers in God, called to give him glory, enter faith, enter hope.
I trust that this passage has been an encouragement to you. We spent three weeks getting through it. But I trust that we will understand what it means to be obedient. And it is based on the living word of God.